you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Let me just say this right from the jump. I'm going to be very surprised if we make it through the entire program without any technical difficulties. Let me tell you <laughs> why I say that. Whenever we talk about um, spiritual matters, and, and here's what I mean when I say that, specifically the occult, the unseen realm, mm-hmm. anything that has to do with like people's eyes being opened to the fact, the biblically stated fact that we are really in a battle um, that is taking place in a realm that we cannot see, yeah. but it is as real as the one that we can see. Mm-hmm. Whenever we have any kind of interview on this topic, if we're talking about this, if there's something that's directly related, um, we have technical difficulties. And I'm I'm trying to think of a time where that hasn't happened and I can't <laughs> I can't think of one. If today is the day that it doesn't happen, okay, then I will be very surprised, but I will tell you that because of uh, having done this for as long as we have yeah. and seeing the connection, we have come to recognize that um there is such a struggle, the enemy of our soul does not want people to understand the type of wickedness that surrounds us because you cannot fight faithfully against a foe that you don't believe exists, right? Like right. If, if you don't have an enemy, like you're not fighting and you're not, certainly you're not fighting effectively, even yeah. if, if you are. And that's one um, of the strategies. The enemy don't want you to think that, <laughs> that this stuff is real. You correct. Know? It's like, correct. if you don't think that way, there's no way that you're going to, you know, try to defend or try to fight. You know, it's, it's going to be like, Oh no, that, that doesn't exist. And we're, we, we're good. Yeah. Know? Yeah, so I've been I've 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 been praying a lot and asking the Lord um to to grace us to do the show today um without any technical issues because just you know having this happen all the time so all of our listeners who are listening live right now uh can pray. If you're listening to the podcast and there were no drops, thank God and recognize it as the people who prayed who are listening live. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um let's just get right into content today because I'm really super excited to have our guest on and um, to just learn a little bit of her testimony. Um, I've kind of been following her since I recently learned about her podcast and um, I've been listening to them with our daughters and it's been very informative. And so I wanted to introduce her to our audience because I think that at this point, um, talking about openly and in as many venues as we can, the fact, talking about the fact that there is a battle, a spiritual battle mm. going on, um, I don't think we can exhaust that. So let me just make formal introduction here, and then we'll get get right into content. Jennifer Niza, Jen Niza, was born in Jamaica, Queens, New York. And you're going to hear that, um, by the way. You're going to hear that. 
my my daughter said, don't embarrass yourself by trying to do her accent. <laughs> That's because they Cause know you me. You would try, yes. I would try. And, they, and, and so I'm going to take the tips from the teenagers, and I'm not going to try <laughs> to do the accent. She grew up in Long Island, New York. You're going to hear that. I, by the way, I love it so much. Okay, I just can't even <laughs> say enough. Uh, Jen is an ex-psychic who mm. found amazing grace through Jesus Christ. We're going to talk today about her amazing testimony, and then we'll spend the rest of the time just trying to inform and equip equip Christians to stand and to recognize that there really is a realm that we can't see. And just because we kind of put our fingers in our ears and try to pretend that, that it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. okay, uh, doesn't make it true. And, right. and we know that right. for everything else, but when it comes to this, we get all uncomfortable Jen Niza, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Hi. How are you? I'm well. I think I did this right. Hi. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just unmuting. Um, I'm okay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. uh, I loved your introduction. Um, Thank God I didn't have to say Long Island, because then you're definitely going to (laughs) know where I'm from. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I would love to hear your, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not. I can't do the accent, and my daughter's already advised me not to, and and so to not embarrass myself yeah, and ahead, them and the family. Um, I won't be been, embarrassed. We've, yeah. <laughs> Jen, we've been enjoying your podcast, and we it's such a blessing to the body of Christ. I'm so glad that you're doing this. I'm aware that you also have a YouTube channel and that you're on many of the social media platforms. But I read an article that was talking about your podcast, and so immediately I went to listen downloaded the podcast and I've been listening. Um, I want to say that you're three episodes in and I, maybe you have one coming out tomorrow. If I'm, if I'm truly a fan, um, is that, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> every other week, <laughs> every other week. Okay. Every other week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been listening to them with my daughters. They are uh, 16 and 14. And I think it's so important for them to understand that the battle that we're in is real. Mm-hmm. I think so many of our kids are taken captive by the occult and by witchcraft and all of these things that happen in the unseen realm because we just ignore it as parents. And so then they are introduced to things at a very early age and they don't have a defense for that. Before we get into that though, I would love to just have you share with our listeners your testimony, how you got into um, the occult, how how you became a psychic. And then um, we'll just follow along to this amazing grace part where you encounter Jesus Christ. Sure, I'd be happy to share my testimony with you. Um, it actually started for me as a child, and I was 12 years old, and I started having dreams that became true. They became, um, I don't want to say into reality, but they, they were true. They were premonitions and uh, precognitions, and I didn't really understand that. But when I was 13, I had my first tarot card reading, and I was raised Catholic, and um we were talking about paranormal activity in my house. It was okay to do that. My great aunt was a psychic so on my mom's side. So mom was very comfortable talking about um, ghosts and, you know, things like that. That's what she called them anyway. She didn't know that they were demons. And she was just very deceived. So I'm never throwing mommy under the bus. But mm-hmm. um, she had a tarot card reader in the house, and she let my sister and I both have a tarot card reading. So kind of like you were just saying in your introduction, um, when something is passed along, though, out there as entertainment or something like that, something innocent at a bridal shower, whatever, kids can get lured in very quickly, especially at carnivals and festivals. Anyway, I digress. Um, 
So I had my first tarot card reading, and that was when I say I officially uh, gave those demons legal permission because I loved it. I was mm. intrigued by it. I didn't I didn't know why they knew things about me, mm. the cards, or the card reader. And I just I just went all in after that. My sister and I got our own tarot cards. Uh, we were doing readings on each other, and uh, it progressed from there. I started, you know, dabbling in numerology and astrology. It's kind of like, really, recently, I think I heard this, it's kind of like the potato chips, you know, you just can't have one. Mm. You know, you get, wow. you get, a, you get addicted. Yeah. It's addictive. That's what it is. You know why? Because you're going to, it has, it's the supernatural, and you're going there for things that you truly are seeking. But, of course, we're really seeking God. But it's but the devil confuses and deceives. Um, so anytime I wanted to know something about my life, I wanted to know future information. Anytime I wanted to have you know peace, I would often feel you know lonely and upset, and I was battling an eating disorder. I mean, the devil had a grip on me at a very very young age, mm. um, and so that just progressed. Basically, it escalated. I started just receiving information. Um, it just gets like downloaded. I didn't need the tarot cards at all. Nobody really does because that's all coming from demons anyway. That's just cardboard with paintings mm-hmm. on them, pictures mm-hmm. on them. Wow. So, um, but I just started randomly reading people and I continued on that track. Uh, oh gosh, I had my coffee grounds read. I did playing cards, cardamancy. Oh yeah, I was clairvoyance, uh, mm-hmm. candles. And finally, what happened was uh, I had my daughter, a single mom, living with mom and dad at the time, and I started receiving information through dreams Mm. about particularly this one particular dream, which is what really launched me into the mediumship, was about a deceased man, man boy. I mean, he was 17 or 18, and he was connected to my ex, to my daughter's dad through his girlfriend. So it was kind of like that weird connection because I didn't know the girlfriend. I didn't know anything about them. And so it was kind of a way, demons are so um, smart. It's Mm. a way to get the information validated because I would see him, but without without the accusation of saying, hey, but you know these people, you know things about them. I didn't. This was somebody through her. So he goes back. I told told him what happened. He goes back and he confirms the information with his girlfriend. And then, of course, what do I do? I go to the psychic medium to say, hey, what's going on? And at the time, the uh, demonic oppression really heightened. And I was being touched and I was on the treadmill and I was being mm. touched and I was mm. um, seeing uh, demons, um, you know, in manifesting in the forms of animals. And I was, believe it or not, I was afraid. I didn't I didn't know demons. I didn't know anything about Satan. I certainly had no faith in Jesus Christ. So I was just out there, you know. Um, So I go to the psychic medium, and she told me that I also was a medium, and I needed to use my gift to help people, you know. And here I am, you know, your girl next door, always had a heart for people, always have had a heart for animals and things like that. So, okay. I want to help people, right? That's what I'm told. And then she gives me the business card of a woman who was leading a divination group. And boy, oh boy, let me tell you, and I say this all the time, 
go into her house. She's this cute little woman. Um, the room is beautiful. Nothing sinister looking at all mm. in there. Mm-hmm. Just looks mm-hmm. so innocent and welcoming. And now there's people like me in there, right? Now there's people like they, they do uh, crystal readings, aura, tarot cards, what have you. We would, It was just like the new age, you know, exploded up in there. So <laughs> I learned about smudging in there with white sage because she would actually burn the white sage around us and in the room before doing anything. And she even would say the Lord's Prayer. She had us standing up oh my goodness. Yeah. in a circle wow. holding hands, and she would say the Lord's <laughs> Prayer um, right before practicing divination. Wow. So, you know, yeah, Jen, so let me the- just... Let me just jump in here because I I know, I know that there are going to be some of our listeners, okay, all across this country, there's bound to be at least one, I'm thinking probably more, who for a very long time as a follower of Christ just kind of thought, you know, that's kind of, you know, I don't, I think that's just Bible talk. I don't think that, you know, divination and, you know, witchcraft, I don't think that those things are real. And maybe even some Christians would say, and, you know, plus I would never dabble in that. And I just don't think that those things are real. I think that that's just Bible language. I think it's so important to drive home a couple points that you just made here. So as you're describing this woman whose home you went into, it didn't look like I I grew up in New Orleans. So it didn't look like Mm -hmm. black magic, sort of like, you know, the things that you would just kind of go on the other side of the street when you're in the French Quarter. It didn't look like that. It looked like Every day, just sort of unassuming, you wouldn't be on guard. That's one. Two, you're describing real experiences that you had. Um, How do you drive home the point that, biblically speaking, what we are talking about today is not someone's imagination and it is not some sort of dark fairy tale? Well, biblically speaking, we we can see witchcraft. Uh, from the beginning of the word to the end of the word, we have mm-hmm. fortune telling. They were they were reading fortunes. We have Acts mm-hmm. sixteen sixteen with the the spirit, the demon of divination in the slave girl who was yes. uh, telling fortunes, and her employer, who she was she was making a lot of money for her employer. That's why when when Paul cast the demon out of her, uh, if, if we recall, it was um, it was a very upsetting thing for the the employer because right. she was making a lot of money. Sure, because uh, demons know things. Um, of course, we see in Acts nineteen nineteen when we have the revival in Ephesus, we mm-hmm. see the people bring their sorcery books, bring their mm, magic yes. uh, paraphernalia, right? And they're and they're burning them, and because they saw the evidence of the Holy Spirit, they saw the evidence of Jen. Jesus Christ alone. Yeah. Let me just jump in. We got to grab this break really quickly. We'll pick up right here on the other side. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. You've been my savior, sustainer when I'm at my end. My healer, redeemer again and again. My mother and my father, brother, sister and friend. Everything I've needed, Lord, you've always been. Everything I've needed, Lord, you've always been. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate that every single day you tune in to hear what the Addisons are going to talk about today. Today, we are visiting 
with Jen Niza, who is an ex-psychic who was saved and is now submitting her life ongoingly to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and using her powerful testimony to encourage and to draw others out of this darkness as well. Um, by the way, I'll just say I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And who was that that we came back with? Jen was really feeling that, by the way. <laughs> how do you, I just how do you want know you that? to know. Because I can see her. Okay, that, that was it was that, ministry. <laughs> that was unspoken. 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 Um, yes. No, but before we went to the break, um, Jen was sharing her testi- testimony and talking about going into this woman's home where she is basically starting to. I guess I don't know, Jen. Was she initiating you all, or how? How did you get into this? Because she began with the Lord's prayer. You were under the impression that you had a gift, and did you somehow think that you were now? Um, serving God as a medium, or how did that work in your mind? Oh, yeah, definitely. I thought that this was a godly gift, and I needed to use it to help people connect with their departed loved ones and bring peace uh, and closure to them, Mm. and also help them with, you know, things in their life, insight and knowledge and answers, and it, it has this angelic, godly, wonderful, um, illusion it and I was certainly deceived by that so Mm. did you did you not think that you were being downloaded information by demons where did you think the the knowledge was coming from that you would get when you were doing these readings because you then kind of started a business as a psychic and Mm -hmm. a medium where people were coming to you and you were doing this on a regular basis I remember um, just in being familiar with your testimony, that you would do these um, you, what, channeling, I think is what you called it, where you mm-hmm. would just be downloaded information. Where Describe that and then tell us where you thought at the time that was coming from. So channeling or invoking demons, uh, doing readings is, uh, and again, I did not think that they were demons, but we'll get there. So I would just sit before, depending upon what I was doing, I would sit before the client and I would have my notebook and my pen and I would explain to them what was about to happen and not to um, give me any information, only to say yes or no if uh, what I said was correct. So it would move on to the next piece of information and boom, just started downloading and, you know, into my, so in other words, that what that means is that it sounds like your own thoughts, right? Like imagine a word pops in your head, water. Or, or whatever, right? It sounds like your own voice, mm. but it's not your thoughts. It's not your, um, it's not your information. It's coming from demons. So they're mm. just popping it right in there, pop, pop, pop. Wow. And of course, it's not really, you know, the word water. Right, it's, right. You know, your mother, your mother is here. You know, she had black hair and brown eyes. She died in 1982 of cancer. You were fumbling around last week. Um, you dropped her necklace, but you brought it to the reading, and you have it in your pocketbook right now. Mm. Um, you know, specific. So like you mentioned before, wow. um, some people do think that this isn't real or that it's just entertainment. And there are plenty of people that do uh, scam people and con people, but, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it is a real um, – it, it's really happening. It's just really demonic. It, it's mm-hmm. real. Witchcraft is real. So – I would do that. That would be the channeling, or I would do automatic writing. Um, e- even when I did automatic writing, that's channeling. On for me, I used paper and pen. So I would just sit there and do the process, the meditating, burning the stage. You're kind of like you're opening yourself up, and that is a big part of culture 
today. Um, and that's a, I'm sounding the alarm on that yes. in a very Good. big way mm. because New Age meditation is not quieting um, demons. It, it's it's offering you quieting your mind, calming anxiety. You mm-hmm. see doctors' offices promoting it, yoga, all that. But what you're doing is when you're in um, when you're shutting down, you're letting something else in. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you know, you're going away, so to speak, and you're opening up. Where biblical meditation is filling our mind yes. with God's word, with Amen. God's truth. And that way in First Peter five eight, be alert, be watchful Amen. because your enemy our adversary prowls around seeking to whom he may devour. So no, we ought not be quieting our minds. We need mm. to be alert Amen. Jen. and filling our mind with the truth. Amen. Right. Mm-hmm. That so, is so good. Let me just say something here. And I want to, I don't want to derail too much here, but you just kind of touched on something that I'm hoping by the time we end the program, we'll go back to this, this idea of mindfulness, the kinds of things, the practices that we see happening. I touched on this, Um, and and warning parents about social emotional learning. This is so common in our public school system. And this is so common with our children that they are being encouraged to sit and just empty their minds and just all of these, and maybe even write some of the immediate thoughts that pop into their mind. And all of this is supposed to, you know, be the new form of journaling and all of that. But just hearing you express this today, this to me confirms that these practices are demonic, that this is not what God would have our children participating in. That's right. One million percent. And it wouldn't be surprising to me if they have these kids actually even doing yoga poses or chanting yes. while they're doing this. I could just kind of imagine them sitting there doing mudras and, and this whole thing, because yoga, as we know, is also invited mm-hmm. into the school system. It's in colleges, That's right. it's in high schools, it's in public, um, it's in public schools. However, God, of course, is not invited mm. to the party. If mm-hmm. we notice that we have say, they have satanic clubs, they're doing smudging. Um, which is burning the stage, believing that the stage would protect them from demons. Oh Kids are bringing goodness. crystals to school. So in other words, they're going, they're putting their faith and trust in these new age practices mm-hmm. uh, rather than God himself. And so by doing that, they're opening the door to demons. And that's what I try to drive home with people. Being demonically oppressed in the way that I was certainly for years, because I didn't have Christ, you know, Mm -hmm. it's different when we're Christians and we're still in a spiritual battle and we get some spiritual attacks, but we're, we're coming from the winning team. We've already won in Christ. So we're not out there on our own with no shield of faith. When you're doing the, when you're practicing the new age, I didn't have a shield of faith. I didn't have Jesus Christ to protect me. The demonic oppression is serious. It, It looks like anxiety, depression, isolation, fear, doubt, um, confusion, mm-hmm. and it's a hamster wheel that you can't get off of by mm-hmm. yourself. With, you need Christ to do it. And there's, and the devil targets children. Mm-hmm. He doesn't pass by them saying, oh, they're cute, I'm going to leave mm-hmm. them alone. And then you see in our culture, right, you see on the social media, you see Come tarot on. card readers manifesting crystals. Um, the Kardashians are doing it. This one's Come doing it. Look on. at the Grammys. This is trendy. Mm. This is glamorous, you know, and leading the kids. And the kids are doing all these things to attain because they believe that that's how you get what you want. Yeah. And, of course, according to Rhonda Byrne from The Secret, you can and should have whatever you want. Mm. All it takes is knowing the secret, wow. the law of attraction. And kids are so drawn to it. I mean, I even see... 
you know, kids in my daughter's age range. She's going to be 22. I mean, they are with the crystals. They are with the mm -hmm. chakra and just, you know, being very chill. Like, they want to yeah. be very chilled out. So, you know, like you said before, the mindfulness. And anxiety, if you notice, um, is so prevalent mm -hmm. now. So isn't it interesting how the devil is orchestrating this thing, provoking the anxiety and then luring you into his den, into his snare, making you think it's the solution to that anxiety. Come but in on. fact, you're going back to the problem. Oh, my your goodness. Solution. You're going back to the problem. And I did that for years. So it was 25 years of my life. So mm. one, obviously, the love of Christ compels me to share the truth Amen. and to testify to who God is, all to his glory. And also, I don't want to see people and kids and teenagers and young adults, whatever age you are, I don't want to mm -hmm. see you go through. Um, it's destructive. Mm -hmm. it, will, it will. It's a promise. That's what's going to happen. If you continue in the new age, it is demonic oppression in the short term and long term, eternal separation from God. And hell isn't a party and it's not a joke. And the mm -hmm. devil is real. And the hell and hell is real. It's a real place and it's permanent. It's yeah. not the joke in the movies. Right, okay. right, right. The pitchfork and the ears and the and, and like right. as if Satan is the king of hell. I mean, this this idea is ludicrous, but it has deceived many. Jen, I want to make sure that as we are talking about the the life saving work of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to draw us to Christ. How were your eyes open? And I'm abbreviating this. I know that there's so much more that you could fill in and share but I, I want our listeners to hear how you came to faith in Christ. Sure. Um, can you still see me? I don't know if you can, because my screen says unable to connect to the session. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I okay. see you, but I don't know if you're okay. active. I can hear oh. you, though. Okay. So um, for me, what happened was at the end of my 36th year, um, I came to a second in my life that, and, and literally a second, where the oppression was so heavy on me. I mean, I had demons with me everywhere I went. Um, I, I literally was afraid of my own shadow. Like, I was afraid to be alone. I didn't know they were demons. I just thought, you know, we didn't get there before, but I kind of just thought, you know, there's good energy and bad energy or mm -hmm. good spirits and bad spirits or deceased people were talking to me. So obviously with those false tools of protection, you believe you can filter that out. But um, of course that isn't true. So I had these presences with me all of the time, and mm. I just came to a moment where it was just, it was, I couldn't bear it, and I called out. And this is the Holy Spirit, because on my own, of course, I never would have been able to do this. I called on the name of Christ. I called mm. on the name of Jesus Christ, the Jesus I never had a relationship with, I had no faith in, um, the real Jesus, and I know that he showed up, wow. that he gave me a peace that really did surpass any understanding. Wow. But, but I had no idea what that all meant. So um, <laughs> I was reading the Bible. I didn't know what the whole deal was, you know. And so I became spiritually vulnerable, mm. which was kind of like a step. You see, now the Holy Spirit was, I believe, already, you know, doing a work, a big work, because I didn't want to be a psychic anymore after that, but I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. I had no idea why. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to do it anymore. That's the Holy Spirit convicting. Yeah. Um, but this went on for the better part of or about 10 months. And now I'm 37 years old. And my friend who was in the divination group with me years prior 
she had come over for dinner and un- unbeknownst to me, she had been saved by Jesus. I had no idea. <laughs> and so she comes in. Oh boy. Listen, when Jesus saves you, he mm. saves you. He saves Amen. you. That's Amen. it. You're not, he's in your head. That's it. You know, he, mm-hmm. he doesn't give up on you, you know? Amen. So he brings her over and, um, and she tells us about Jesus. She, and, um, she says, why don't you come to church with me this weekend? I would love to invite you. You would love. And I said, no, thank you. That's okay. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so um, my husband uh, went and he loved it. And a month later, I woke up on that Sunday, uh, you know, four weeks later. And I said, I don't know why, but I want to go to that church today. Mm-hmm. I want to go. And it reminds me now of the moment when I said, I don't know why, but I don't want to be a psychic anymore. Yeah. Okay? That's the Holy Spirit right there. Amen. That's, Amen. that's, that's who, who's work. Yes, amen. So I go. I go to the church, and it was a very new experience for me because I had only been used to Catholic Mass, you know, prior, you know, years prior. So this was a, you know, uh, non-denominational Bible-based church and people are worshiping and they're singing and i'm like what is this is beautiful but a little overwhelming but it's beautiful and uh they were singing i always get this is where i always man i share have shared my testimony i don't know how many times now and this is the part that always gets me because um they had the words on the screen and i'm and the words were jesus saved me and when i sang that lyric i flashed back to the moment, to that second, 10 months prior to when I cried on his name, I called out his name. And I knew in that moment, I knew in that moment that it was him. Now I know that we can call that confirmation, but I knew it was him. But that was it. That was like a full acceptance Mm. of him, of who he is, that he is real, that he is the one that set me free, that he is the one who showed up for me. And my heart was filled and I was crying. And I honestly immediately felt free. I felt Mm. free, freedom. And I went home, not contemplating this. I went home, and the first thing the Holy Spirit led me to do was look to the Word of God. And I Google searched, what does the Bible say about psychic mediums? That's what I Google. I Google searched on my my phone. And uh, wow, the the. The list of verses popped up, but you see how you, you could put it all together. Like I never cared about, I never debunked the Bible, mm-hmm. never cared about it. Mm-hmm. Satan had me right where he wanted me. I never went for it. I never went to look at it. And the minute the Holy Spirit indwelled my heart, he pointed me to the word of God. And that's oh. what he does. And that's who he is. And I saw it and I said, I have to quit my job. Deuteronomy 18, 10 to 12. Do not learn to practice the, do not, um, You know, when you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not imitate the practices of the nation, of the people there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the pagans, that's what they were doing. Mm -hmm. They were doing this. So this is, there's nothing new under the sun. They were practicing. He used the word medium, you know, necromancy, interpreting omens, fortune telling. You shall be blameless before the Lord. You are are not allowed to do this. And who does that is an abomination. I Mm. was an abomination to the Lord. And I saw it, and I said, you know what? I don't know the ins and outs, but I know Jesus Christ set me free. And he says not to do this. I'm not doing it. And one of a verse that popped up also was uh, pick up your cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. And that was the, and, and I 
I got it. I just got it. That okay. registered to me on, on a level. Um, and I, I did that. Let me do this. Let me grab this break. When we come back, I want to talk about the subtle ways that the occult and divination and witchcraft practices have uh, infiltrated the church and we are unaware. More mm. with Jen Niza on the other side of this break. Stay right there. Yeah. back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I am so grateful. I never get tired of hearing about the fact of being reminded of the fact that the Lord God makes friends of enemies. We were the enemies <laughs> of God, <laughs> but he makes us his friend. I mean, it's just, it, it is amazing to realize how, how amazing the grace of God really is, you know, and, and I don't want to trivialize that by alluding to the song, but it really truly is amazing grace. You yeah. know what I mean? And we yeah. sing it so often that um, I don't think sometimes we give it the weight and the impact that it deserves. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons. Mm-hmm. I'm Miki. And I'm Will Knows Lead the Way by Five featuring Drew Weeks. Our guest today is Jen Niza. She is the host of the podcast X Psychic Saved, exposing <laughs> divination, new age, and the occult. And we've been learning about her testimony and just talking about some of the the warning signs, I guess, that we don't see even in the culture. And we haven't drilled down nearly enough and we're going to run out of time. But before we do run out of time, I want to ask the question, Jen, when you look at the church and you see some of the practices that are normalized in the church, that are popular in the church today, even accepted by professing Christians uh, what do you find troubling to you as it pertains to New Age and the occult? Oh, boy, it's so troubling. Um, there's yoga in certain churches. Yoga is a Hindu spiritual practice. It's not just exercise. It's not stretching and breathing. It is the core of Hinduism. It's the core spiritual heart of Hinduism. Mm. And they are bowing down and worshiping false gods. They're false gods, and they have 330 million of them. <laughs> and the Lord says we cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people kind of go, Romans 14, you know, Christian liberty type deal. But you know what? You you, you can't redeem. You can't, you can't separate the Hinduism from yoga. Mm-hmm. Then you have manifesting. You have certain, you know, word of faith uh, movement, you know, Come on. convincing congregants that they can speak things into existence. Come on. And it is, you know, I mean, I believe, you know, only God can do that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly did. right. Amen. Genesis 1 1, you know, um, <laughs> Amen. You know Genesis 1, right? And, um, and they believe that if they, their words have so much power that they can speak something into reality. And then, of course, if they only have enough faith, but we can that we can do that another time. But um, we then we see cards being used. There are cards being used. Unfortunately, Bethel in Redding, California. I mean, mm. I'm going to call it out. Yeah, you have um, to. The necromancy that goes on there, and if, and then people will say, "Hey, but Bill Johnson said they don't do that." Oh, so then that must be true. Except, what about all the pictures of them doing it? And people right. that are mm. being saved out of that. Uh, church and out of that school that they have, they're coming out and they're testifying to what really has been going on over there. So, Jen, let me, 
Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you just hit it. I was, I actually, because I knew that there would be some people listening and they would say, did she just accuse Bethel of necromancy? Like, and what does that mean? What does that even look like? What proof does she have? But then as you continued on, you also touched on <laughs> the grave soaking, which I think, is that the thing that you would be referring to? Yes, that is. I mean, necromancy is conjuring up the dead, communicating with the dead. Um, uh, of course, that's divination. So grave soaking um, for people who claim to be Christians, what they're doing is they're laying on top of the grave of, let's say, um, C.S. Lewis, okay? And they're believing that they're going to soak up the gifts, the spiritual gifts of the deceased person, as if the Holy Spirit is living in a, six feet under. Is that where he is? No, that's not where he is. And you're, commu- and you're tangling with the dead. And the mm-hmm. Lord said, do not communicate with that's the right. dead. That's of course, right. that's not what, and, and the New Age does it as well. Mediums do it too. They'll go to graves, they'll lay on them, and they'll communicate and do seances around there and a lot of witchcraft and cemeteries and of that nature. So, um, you know, saying that you're a Christian and doing the same exact thing doesn't excuse you from the fact that you are practicing the demonic. You're, you're practicing the demonic. So that's, of course, very disheartening. We even see, I'm sorry, but we even see, because it's very upsetting, um, Mark Batterson's uh, book, The Circle Maker, having people believing that they have to walk around in circles. It's, it's ritualistic for God to hear your prayer, to put your prayers out there. Well, that's just not the case. Wow. Uh, that's not what the Bible says. Right. Um, and then, if, right, so I think, do we hit on manifesting? Manifesting as well. Uh, I think we said that, kind of like the law of attraction or speaking things into existence. So you mm-hmm. have to say, so in the church, we'll say, if you have enough faith, okay, but don't say anything negative about it. You have to believe. You have to see it. Come on. And even vision boards, even vision boards, they'll say Habakkuk 2, 2 to 3 means that we can go make vision boards. Mm. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's the Lord talking to his prophet. He has nothing to do with you writing your own visions on a tablet. That's not and what then, it means. And then and self-actuating that or actualizing that, like then bringing you bringing that to pass or the words that you say have creative power or the words that you say can speak something onto someone else. I mean, Jen, listen, it it bothers me when I talk to what I have known to be faithful Christians and they are spewing and they don't mean to be. It's just a part of the culture. They've just accepted it. But they are saying things that you go, Brother, sister, that is not in the Bible. Like when right. you know, people say, "Oh, I blocked that. I don't receive that." Or you're not going to put that on me. Don't don't speak that on me. And I'm just going, where in Scripture do we ever see <laughs> that someone can can speak something onto you? Like and and that you then you know, and people even will put their hands in front of themselves. Like I I don't receive that. I blocked that. And it's so new agey. It's something that you don't find in Scripture, and yet it's pervasive in the church. Absolutely. And it's robbing you of your freedom in Christ. That's really what it's doing. Because if you need to go and have somebody speaking words or your words, because you're giving yourself the power, you're giving man the power, and you're not relying on the Lord. You're not, you're taking all of your focus off of the Lord and putting it on yourself, what you do, your works. And as we know, it has nothing to do with our works and it has nothing to do with us. It's a baby God theology. But then you have also, and I'm going to speak up about this as well, the charismatic movement. A lot of people that are saved out of the new age go into the charismatic movement, and Mm. it breaks my heart because they are still receiving psychic information, but they're being told they're a prophet or a prophet. Oh, wow. 
okay? They're, they're being told that they can run around and um, say that they have a word of, from God for you, but they don't mean, you know, just giving you some scripture, sharing some scripture with you. Oh, no, I heard the word pineapple. God told me to tell you the word pineapple. And, you know, one lady, young lady, told me once she did that uh, in my live on TikTok, and I shut it down immediately. I had, you know, the Holy Spirit gave me that discernment right then and there. And she wrote me, she tracked me down, and she wrote me on Instagram. She said, well, listen, I'm, I'm saved out of the new age, uh, but now I'm a prophet, and um, I'm just learning how to use my gift. Um, well, I don't remember, you know, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, having to learn uh, right. how to do, you right. know, it's not how it works. You don't, you don't just start adopting things and then learning how to use them. That's really what she meant. And she went on to say that sometimes she gets things wrong. Now, that's completely against Scripture. Mm-hmm. Biblical prophets never could get anything wrong, that's or right. they would be, that was punishable by death to be a that's false right. prophet, because a true prophet was truly hearing from God. Mm-hmm. So and even in the New Testament church, and, and let me say this, even in the New mm-hmm. Testament church, where you see the gifts in operation, you see that they are to be tested. You see that it's not everything, everybody just doing whatever that person wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I think this is important that we look to the scriptures to understand how we practice, how we live our faith before the Lord, for the glory of God, for the glory of God. But I think when you go back and you look at the way that people have adopted, and I think there's a really great point that you're making here, Jen. There's so much that has come from the world into the church. And I think, and I hadn't thought about this until you just said it, but people who are getting saved, but they remain undiscipled. So they're just bringing those practices from the world into the church. I'm wondering, and I want to let you continue down this vein, but I want to ask another question as it pertains to our children. And I want to make sure we don't run out of time. What are the things that our kids, in addition to what we're looking at on the church front and what's happening in the body of Christ, what are the things that our kids are dabbling in right now. I I don't want to say that kids are not doing Ouija boards anymore. You know, some things seem to be like a part of a time or an era. But I know that there are other things that would be classified as new age or a cult that kids are into. What are those things? Yeah, I think, uh, and, and I'm with you on that. I would never... Um think to myself that somebody's not using a Ouija board now. I'm sure that they are, even if they think it's a a big old joke on Halloween. Um, But now I think we're seeing more of, like I said earlier, the crystals, they're bringing them to school, witchcraft, uh, Mm. Wicca. Uh, Wiccan is a pagan religion who worships little G gods. I always say that because, of course, we know that it's only one real God um, in three persons, but uh, gods and goddesses. And it's kind of like this, this spirituality. The kids now, they just want to be spiritual. And you know what that means? I don't subscribe to any authority. It's extremely subjective. I could do whatever I want. And, it, and it's very sad. But um, the crystals, I'm not below. I call it witchcraft on a budget. Front and center, astrology books. <laughs> astrology books, witchcraft um, books, tarot cards. They're bringing decks of tarot cards wow. to school. Okay, so that is what they're getting involved with now, I would say. Oh, oh, and astrology. That's huge. Can we we talk about that a little bit? Because when Mm -hmm. I was growing up, um, when I was growing up, it was very common 
for everyone to know. And I know you just recently had a podcast episode on this. It was so timely because my daughter um, had a, another conversation with a friend. And so we got to talk about this from a place of being informed. But everybody talked about what their sign was. And everybody <laughs> talked about like, I mean, I'm telling yeah. it, it's embarrassing to me to look back on that. As a Christian, even as right. a teenager, I was a Christian, but I didn't recognize that that's wicked. Like, it's not, that's not glorifying to God to be walking around talking about what your sign is and how that compares to other people that you interact with. with. And yet, this is still happening among Christians today. Christians are still reading their horoscopes. They're still talking about what their signs are. Talk about how this, too, falls into the category of the occult. Oh, Absolutely. Um, well, astrology is, uh, again, uh, you know, has been around for ages uh, since ancient, uh, the ancient people were doing it, biblical times it was happening. Um, you know, I just want to say, I, I probably shouldn't because we probably don't have time, but, it's, but it made me laugh to myself. Do you remember the show Love Connection? Was it? Yeah. Love yeah. Connection? <laughs> they would like come on there. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm a Capricorn. And, I'm, and I like long walks on the beach. And, you know, and it was all oh that. But goodness. the point is that it it's so acceptable to the world that's what right. you know to your point it's so and it's so and it kind of just it just slips in there on snapchat um somebody told me to download snapchat just to use the filters for my videos which thank god put some filters okay i'm sorry <laughs> but they made me put my birthday in. i'm like why do they need to know that i'm 46 years old what's that to them and it was because they assigned me my sign my zodiac mm. sign capricorn mm. Um, and people believe that they can retrieve insight and information, and that's divination. So again, divination is when you're seeking knowledge supernaturally outside of God's will and boundaries. So that's really important to know that it's not godly, it's not coming from Him. And really, in retrospect, I have to tell you, it makes zero sense. When, you, when, when the veil is lifted from your eyes, of course, we are all spiritually blind without Christ, but that's when right. we can see— Right. When we can see now, it's like, how on earth did I think the sun had any knowledge about my life or right. knew who I was? Think about <laughs> it. S-U-N. I just, right. S-U-N. Right. S-U-N. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and it gets very. And if you do listen to that episode, shameless plug. But I mean, it just I, I just wonderful. want my daughter to listen to it. Also, um, that was episode three with Marsha Montenegro, yep. who was a former astrologer. I mean, she's a wealth of information and just talking about um, how it's and then, you know, you, you look for this insight and you'll just hear some things that resonate with you. You'll grab onto it. Oh, yeah, you really are quirky. Not your fault because, you know, your your moon was in cancer or you're emotional or, of course, the Mercury in retrograde. Man. Hello, McDonald's. McDonald's uh, capitalized big time on that one. I think it was uh, last year now. They had a tarot card. I think it was a tarot card reader. You could win a tarot card reading um, mm. during the time when Mercury was in retrograde. So they are. Listen, it's a moneymaker. Mm -hmm. Are we surprised by it's addictive? This is demonic. There's going to be addiction. There's going to be pride. There's going to be money. Hey, Jen, let me be. We get about a minute here. I want to make sure that I remind our listeners that it's X psychic saved. Can you in 30 seconds um, issue a huge warning against uh, the Enneagram and this this whole thing that's in church today? The Enneagram is a new age tool from 
its inception until now. It never could be redeemed. It could never be glorified. Those numbers were, the Enneotypes were, um, were channeled. The uh, creator of the Enneotypes confesses to using automatic writing, which is channeling, invoking demons to get that information. Number one, you're not a number. Your identity is found in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's numerology. And number two, don't ever entertain information by demons. Okay, thank you so much. Jen Niza, everybody. Mm-hmm. Ex-Psychic Save. We are out of time. We need more of it. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>